With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Gardner-Webb Coaches Show Podcast. Here's your host, Phil Constantino. It's a big week of home matches for the Gardner-Webb wrestling team at Paul Porter Arena. And so our guest this week on the podcast the head coach of the running Bulldogs wrestling team, Daniel Elliott. A longtime Gardner-Webb running Bulldog. Daniel, thanks for stopping over. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. We were just before we started recording remarking on how long you've been here, and it didn't. the number for how long you've been here in some capacity, it didn't come right to the brain. You had to think, well, my freshman year was 0102, so it's been this long. It's been over half my life. Really? <laughs> Beyond, yeah, I'm 39 right now. So, yeah, came here as an athlete in 2001-02. For that, our, it was our second year of our D1 transition. So, um, yeah, been here, wrestled for five years. I was a GA for a couple years, assistant coach for a couple years, associate coach for a few years, and then head coach in 2012. Um, so um, 10 years now. As head coach, yep. What does Gardner-Webb mean to you? As a place. Well, I would call it home. You know, it's actually, I've known Gardner-Webb my whole life. My dad went here, um, played football back when our last few years of a JUCO. Then he went to Vietnam and then came back. We were four-year school, so he came back mm. and finished up. And so I'd known Gardner-Webb my whole life. And then when I was going through the recruiting process, it just, it felt right. You know, my brother was at App State. I didn't want to go with him. I was getting recruited by to walk on by a couple of bigger schools, but Gardner Webb just felt home, and I felt I could be here and, and make an impact. And I just have – I don't think if you had asked me, and even in 2006 when I graduated college, if, hey, are you going to be here, you know, for the next 15 years, I probably would have said no. Yeah. Um, wasn't part of the plan, but it, it, things have opened up and fallen into place for me to be here and be the head coach of my alma mater. So that's – not too many people get that privilege. And so, you know, I would say it's an honor to, to go to work here. And, and, you know, I care about the school and the program. Um, it didn't, I don't view this as, as a stepping stone. You know, my next spot, well, what's next, what's next, what's next. Uh, putting down roots and, and raising my kids here. So it means a lot. What I think is most amazing to me is the connection that you've had with the community. Hmm. And, you know, if we're, say, financial dollars, for example, you guys fundraise a lot of your own stuff for your department or for your team and you do an amazing job of it but also the connection that you have with the community and getting out to events and getting people in the gym to see you wrestle it feels like it comes from the years of that relationship and that rapport built with the local community what what does the boiling springs people mean to you well i think i think wrestling is such a niche sport you know like like it's uh you have to understand what's going on and things like that, and I, and I feel we've done a good job growing a, a kind of a grassroots fan base. You know, we have a youth club, and those kids will come to, to matches and bring their parents into local high schools. We've, we've done matches before our duels and trying to bring in, you know, Crest and um, – gosh, they went with Ashbrook, Inca and, and Asheville, and 
a couple teams have met here before and wrestled before our duels and things like that. And so, you know, we have to be, you know, we're, we're a small school in a small town. And so we, we have to, to be sure we are drumming up our support, you know, if that makes sense, you know, and I tell my athletes on the team, like if you're only friends with guys on the wrestling team and you want to tell your friends to come to home matches and, you know, your teammates are there, that's it. So you've got to build relationships outside of your group and on campus and in the community. And, and we try to do that as coaches as well. And, and, you know, that's where, you know, you fall back on, on, on who's your fan base. Your sons, yeah. Owen and Griffin. Owen and you, Griffin. You yep. tweet about them a lot in yep. their, uh, Gardner Webb wrestling yep. singlets. Free marketing, right? You know, who, who doesn't love a little kid in a wrestling singlet, especially the little ones? And now Scott Mattingly and Shay, they have a little bear who's about seven months old. We got him a Gardner Webb singlet. So, you know, we're just going to keep pumping that out. But but it's, it's common to come to a wrestling match. It, it's a very intimate setting, a mm -hmm. wrestling match here at Gardner Webb. Maybe far more so than other schools, maybe far more so than other sports that are competed here inside Paul Porter Arena. It's very intimate. When everything ends, you know, we'd be tearing down on the broadcast side TV equipment. Parents, families, they're all down on the mat talking to you, talking to the wrestlers. And Owen and Griffin are always sparring yep. on the mat yep. at that point. Um, what's their involvement with the program and, and them taking to wrestling and being so a part of it mean to you? I... I feel that I wouldn't be able to pour the time and effort I do into coaching, into this program, if my wife and kids weren't on board. And mm -hmm. so I involve them in about as much as we do. You know, my kids usually, Paisley, my wife, she'll bring them by after after work. She works in, she's the occupational therapist in the school, so she gets out at three, brings her boys to practice. They're around our guys. They're around the program. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't say I'm making them wrestle, but – you know, we do a, do a, a winter club, and, and my older one's in it. And then we weren't going to start my little one until he was five. And my wife shows up with him in singlet, and she's like, you tell him. He's four. You tell him that, that you're waiting. And so he's out there wrestling now too. And and so I, I feel the more I involve them, the more I can spend time doing what I'm doing as far as pouring into the program. And so, But we also look at our guys. The guys on the team are big brothers to my boys. And – that's important for me. You know, the relationships they have, the type of people they are is important when we're recruiting. You know, how are you going to be around my kids? Because my kids are going to be around you a lot. And mm. so so I do think we're trying to cultivate that family atmosphere. I and mean, we're doing a good job. I think we have a good, tight-knit group of kids from all over the country, you know, from Florida to Alaska. So I, I feel that part of that is our family. And my kids are involved. And my wife is involved. And Scott's wife is going to be involved. And so it's just – makes it easier to love what we do when everyone's involved. You've been on the road a lot lately, but now you'll have five straight at home. Mm -hmm. And that starts this week. SoCon match versus Bellarmine, 6 p.m. on Friday night. And then Sunday, a tri-meet non-conference versus Queens and Army uh, in the afternoon. Yep. But you've been on the road. Now you come home. You get into conference wrestling. How's this year's team? How you feel? I really, I've told, and I've I've told them that this that I have enjoyed coaching this group as much or more than any group we've ever had. Now our wins and losses aren't where they should be. Um, we've lost a lot of of close individual matches. Like if you go back to George Mason, you know that I think that match was like low twenties to ten or twelve or something like that. We lost three matches by a point and a one by two points. Um, you know, even at Campbell last week, we lost to two of their conference champs last year, one on riding time, one in overtime. 
And so we, we've we've lost a lot of close individual matches that if we can figure out one more takedown in each of those, you know, we're winning six or seven matches every duel meet. And so... Um, you do that, you're winning a lot of duels. Right. And so, you know, I think... You know, R.J. Mosley's come along. Jaquan Anderson, he is a stud. He has been on the back end of close matches all year long, and he's going to he's going to figure those out. I do believe that. You know, we've got about 60 days to get him ready for the conference tournament, and and I think he's going to be in a good spot. Um, Todd Carter's coming along at 33. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to want to wrestle him. You know, Drew West transferred in at 25, and he's he's been a pleasant. You know, we didn't know anything about him. He came without a visit. He just says, "Hey, can I?" You think this would be a good spot? And and so we were looking for a little bit older guy there, and, and he fit in well. And Zach Price at 41, he's starting to find his groove. And, you know, I do think we have, you know, five, six guys that we can really rally around. And, and I'm I'm excited for for to get into sort of, I was in other terms, conference play, right, mm-hmm. even though we don't play games. Um, you wrestle. We have wrestling I learned matches. that yep. very early on and, in this and business. So, um, when you broadcast wrestling – there's no players. They're wrestlers. Right. Yeah. We don't have a game Friday we night. Game. We have a we match have a match. Friday night. And so, <laughs> so, I mean, we've been all over the place, you know, from, from Pennsylvania to D.C. to, um, you know, Chattanooga for the scuffle and Ohio and stuff. So, it's it's going to be nice to be at home pretty much the whole month of, of January. I think we have two more matches after that at home and and pretty much done with overnight trips until conference. And so, we can sleep in our own beds and feel good and try to tailor everything to our guys feeling good when it matters. The real star so far this season at 165 pounds, R.J. Mosley. Mm-hmm. He's 12-4 and four this year. You lost two duels last week, one to a ranked Nebraska team, mm-hmm. one to Campbell good in Campbell conference team. play. Yep. But not conference play, conference, conference wrestling. Matches, wrestling. Conference action, matches. Action. Conference action. action. There, there you go. go. Uh, but R.J. went 2-0 and oh yep. last week. Two-time wrestler of the week in the SoCon. He's really stood out. Mm-hmm. What makes him so good? R.J. is... Sort of the king of just staying. He doesn't get. He doesn't let moments get too big, and he doesn't get too down on himself. If that makes sense. And so, really early on in the year, we were at the Clarion Open, and he lost. His he he got he got caught on his back on a scramble, and and lost to a kid from Maryland. But then he he kind of got hosed by against uh, a kid from Pitt when he had a takedown with two seconds left, and they didn't award it and said time was up. So if that didn't happen, R RJ's probably upper teens in the rankings. Um, and so he's been just a consistent guy in, in our room. You know, even at, at the App State um, invite that we went to, he lost to Shane Griffith, who's a former national champ, 3-2 on riding time. You know, he had the only takedown, actually. And so um, he's, you know, he's seasoned. He's a veteran. He's been in the national tournament twice. Like, this is, is sort of his last hurrah for us. And, you know, he's taking it serious. And, you know, obviously his, his results are showing. You know, he beat – you know, the only reason we wrestled Nebraska this year was because last year at NCAAs, R.J. lost to um, Bubba Wilson, actually, at, at NCAAs 3-2. to two. Mm-hmm. And I said, when, when we had the opportunity to, to put him on the schedule, I asked him, I said, R.J., do you want that match back? And he said, yeah. I said, all right, we'll, we'll do it. And so, you know, we kind of threw some other guys to the to the dogs out there. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, R.J. took care of business and, and got that win back over a, a ranked kid. And, you know, he's had several ranked wins this year. And, you know, I, we're looking to let him keep that momentum rolling into, you know, the rest of the season. Last I saw, he was, what, number 29 in the rankings? He was – he's up to 28th. You okay. know, he beat a top 20 kid, so they move him from 29 to 28, which 
you know, there's there's several kids ahead of him he's beaten. There's kids that he's finished higher in tournaments than ahead of him. So I do think at the end of the year, things will shake out. He's going to end up where he, a little bit higher up when he needs to be. Won the SoCon title last year. He went to the NCAAs, 0-2 mm-hmm. at NCAAs. Lost on riding time his first match and then uh, – or in overtime his first match and then by one to the Nebraska kid last year. How much better do you think he is this year? And do you think he can maybe make a run if he can get himself into the tournament again? Yeah, uh, he's – so last year, I think he had seven losses, and four of those were in sudden victory rideouts, mm-hmm. which means you know they go two minutes on their feet, no one scores. You go thirty seconds up, thirty seconds down. Whoever's whoever has more riding time at that point wins. And so he lost, you know, of his seven matches, three points. And so he has won those this year. You know, if he's gotten into those those tight matches, he's he's figuring out ways to win. And really, the NCAA tournament, you know, he's going to be, I think, in a good spot. Like, oh, geez, the kid from Northern Illinois that he lost to last year on riding time and overtime is ranked like 10th or 12th right now. And so, yeah, RJ can be in the mix. He's not far off. And so, really feeling good at that that event, I think he can string some wins together see where we end up. Anybody else? You mentioned Jaquan Anderson. Mm -hmm. Anybody else besides RJ? He gets a lot of the attention for your team. But anyone else that stands out that you think – Maybe can get into the national tournament and maybe can make some noise. So I think I think Jaquan can honestly at 84. He lost to the Campbell kid. That was actually a rematch from the conference championship last year, and um, I think he beat us by four or so in the conference tournament. And then you know we lost on riding time. It was a two-one match, and so we're right there with him. Zach Price at 141 who transferred in. He lost to Shannon Hanna from Campbell, who was conference champ last year in overtime. And so, you know, we're 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 right there with two of the top guys in the conference. I think Todd Carter, no, like I said, no one's going to want to wrestle him come come the March March tournament. And so, you know, I think we have several. I mean, thirty three in our conference is a meat grinder. With with there's a Sean Carter from App State who's probably top twenty. Braden Palmer from Chattanooga is top twenty, and Campbell, the kid that just wrestled Todd last week. You know, he, he's probably going to be next. He was a national qualifier last year. So there's three guys. You know, I do think if Todd can, can get a win over one of those guys, he might be, be able to qualify. Um, and then Drew West at 25, he's dangerous and can put anybody on their back at any point. And so who knows? You know, I, I do think we have, you know, three three to five guys who might could, you know, on the right day figure it out. And hopefully we're rolling into Tulsa with, with the crew this year. What do you think the biggest misconception about wrestling is? You tell me. What are your first thoughts? And I'll debunk them real I'm, quick. I'm asking you. And I mean, You've I don't, been around the sport a lot longer than I have. I have. I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of the noise of what other people mm. think. You know, it's uh, it is like no other sport. Um, you know, if you lose, it's on you, and and if you win, it's pretty much on you too. And so, you know, you can't blame it on the lineman missing a block or some some guy missing a free throw or a relief pitcher throwing a bad pitch. You know, if you lose, you got to – you own it. And a lot of people are afraid to do that. A lot of people are afraid to go out there and say, I can take care of this. And so I think I think that as, as competitors can, can set a wrestler aside from, from others because, you know, we're willing to toe the line by ourselves one-on-one. Is that and, what attracted you to the sport? Um, I don't know. I started wrestling when I was a six, so I don't know if there was anything that attracted me at that point. It's just, you know, you do it and you get pretty good at it, and then you look back and and you've done some some cool stuff by yourself almost. I mean, you've got your teammates, you got your coaches, but like like I said, when the light comes on and you gotta gotta toe that line, it's it's just you, and you, you don't get that in in too many other sports. And mm-hmm. I think that makes wrestlers special. And 
And, you know, even we talk about it with our guys, like when you move on from college and you go say, hey, you're going to get an interview, you're competing with everybody else by yourself. Or you've got a, a sales team and you can't rely on those other people sometimes. you got to take care of it yourself. And so, you know, you, you learn to kind of be loners and, and get the job done. You know, just tuck your chin and go. I think what most folks who maybe aren't as familiar with the sport, they do see an intensity about the sport. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes they see it maybe – on the negative side and the individual effort that it takes to make weight yeah. every week, for example. Multiple times. Um, multiple Friday, times Sunday. a week, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was fortunate enough, you know where I went to school at Penn State, and got to watch some of the highest levels of wrestling when they were winning national championship after national championship and watched 6,000 people pack out rec hall and watched a match multiple times where it came down to points and there was an, an intensity about the sport that I've seen in very few other sports that's kind of the positive side Mm -hmm. of the intensity of the sport how do you measure the intensity of wrestling compared to anything else i I mean again i don't think there's anything like it you go to a tight dual meet right and it's a five five split and someone's got to get extra bonus points and stuff like that and and you gotta have have a guy figure out how to go put a guy on his back or get an escape in overtime and and you just you can't match it, and and maybe that sometimes makes some people uncomfortable when you're around these guys when you know they're willing to cut their arm off if they need to make to get it, to get the job done. You know mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And so, um, you know, I just it's 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 a very there's a lifestyle to wrestling that's lo- different. lonely intensity almost to it. No, there's know, a lifestyle you know I mean? that's yeah. different though. Yeah. Everyone can ID the rest of the wrestlers on campus when they're walking right. around with their jugs of water, or they're busted up ears or black eyes or cut open <laughs> foreheads and and you know you 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 cut you know drop 20 pounds and hold it for four months during the year and stuff like yeah. that and and you don't there's no off season you know we, we take two weeks after ncas and we roll into our spring stuff and we're here in the summer and and it's definitely a something you got to live and breathe if you want to be good at it you're a gardner webb hall of famer uh yep um somehow so they let you in they they let me in. I don't, I don't know who was on that committee. So, yeah, they put me in last year. I was, uh, you know, grateful for that. And um, I don't know if I would ever say I expected it. So, How does it feel to be a Hall of Famer? Um, I guess there's a little bit of validation on what I did was, was viewed by others as worthy. Um, you know, in the, in the sports world, you, you celebrate the wins, right? And only half of us get a win our last one. And so in, in wrestling, you're judged in a high school wrestler by how you finish your, your high school season at the state tournament. Oh, did you – were you placed or did you win a state title? And then by, in college, if you got high goals, it's how did you place in your conference or did you make the national tournament or did you place at the national tournament? And I had goals of being an All-American, which is top eight. And, you know, my senior year, I do a lot of work and get seated 10th in the country and roll in and just don't have the tournament I was looking for. So you carry that every day the rest of your life, you know, and you, you think about it and – it's actually what my, my coach said in the hallway after my last match when I'm barely holding it together. Oh, I'm not holding it together. And, and you know, he's like, hey, you're going to think about this every day the rest of your life. And he's not wrong. At some point every day you think about how you didn't get the job done when you needed to. And that, that, that drives me a little bit, but not a little bit. That's one of the main things that push me. Um, you know, I don't want that feeling for my athletes because it kind of sucks. But But, you know, you carry that. You know, 15 years later, then your school says, hey, you know, we want to honor you for what you did here. You know, it does mean a lot and kind of, you know, it wasn't for nothing, if that makes sense. 
any Hall of Fame of any kind, to me, screams exclusive company. The average person in their lifetime is not going to get into any kind of Hall of Fame. You know that. Yeah, yeah. Still, that doesn't mean I'm happy with how my career ended, right? And so, <laughs> um, you know, I did a lot of a lot of good things and, and, you know, won a lot of matches. And, you know, I know you can be successful at Gardner-Webb, and that's what we try to get our guys to believe and, and buy into. And, hey, let's let's – make these decisions that we want to be great at this and go get the job done. Daniel Elliott he is the head coach in his 10th year as the head coach here at Gardner-Webb and his 21st year total as a student athlete, assistant coach, and head coach. Daniel, thank you for the time. It was a great conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you. Coming up this week, the Gardner-Webb wrestling team is at home on Friday night versus Bellarmine, 6 p.m., then on Sunday versus Queens and Army in the afternoon if you can come on out to Paul Porter Arena, I know Coach Elliott and the wrestlers would appreciate it. Until then, that does it for this edition of the Gardner-Webb Coaches Show podcast. I'm Phil Constantino. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, Sco Dogs. The Gardner-Webb Coaches Show podcast is a presentation of the Running Bulldog Sports Network. Any reproduction, retransmission, or other use of this podcast without the express written consent of Gardner-Webb Athletics is strictly prohibited. The Gardner-Webb Coaches Show podcast is presented by McDonald's, by Pepsi, by PNC Bank, by Randy Marion Chevrolet Buick Cadillac, by Chick-fil-A, and by Neilon Coal Termite and Pest Control. You've been listening to the Gardner-Webb Coaches Show podcast on the Running Bulldogs Sports Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.